Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 57 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us more of you and your ways. Help us receive the message and teaching you desire us to have today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what's happening in Luke chapter 13. We find Jesus comparing sinners to other sinners. Some Galileans who were less educated and considered less people were killed by Pilate and his men while they were sacrificing animals. Their blood became intermingled with the blood of the animal sacrifices. Jesus told the people around him that these Galileans were no worse sinners than themselves, even though the Jewish people may have thought they were bigger sinners than they were. Jesus also brought up a disaster that occurred with a tower, likely a water tower that was not fully constructed yet. It fell and killed 18 people. Calamity of this kind was often looked on as God's doing. It was commonly thought God would take out wicked sinners in a situation just like this. However, Jesus again said these people were no more wicked sinners than the people he was talking to. In both instances, he encouraged the people to repent. Then he told them a parable about a fig tree that didn't produce fruit. The owner had wanted to cut it down, but the worker asked for another year. He wanted another year to tend it and see if he could help it bear fruit. On the one hand, the owner didn't want this tree to take up space that another more fruitful tree could use. If we imagine God is the owner, he desires we produce the fruit that repentance and belief bear. On the other hand, the vine dresser asks for more time. I can imagine Jesus is the vine dresser interceding for us, asking for more time for us to bear the fruit that is worthy of our belief, repentance, and a changed life. We will do well to pretend we are the fig tree and ask for forgiveness and believe in the Lord as we allow him to change us. Our obedience and worship bear much good fruit. Next, Jesus healed an older woman on the Sabbath. She'd been bent over for 18 years. Imagine her pain and daily struggle of moving in any way. And yet this woman was in front of Jesus. She couldn't see him because she was bent over, but she was sure to be in his presence. Her intention is truly something to be amazed at. She intended on being in front of the one who could change her. And I'm convicted as I read this story and pray for more intention to lean into the Lord for all I need. Jesus didn't hesitate to help her. Of course, the Pharisees were upset because it was the Sabbath. Jesus shows us his heart, as he said, and ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? He knew her. He knew she was a daughter of Abraham, and she'd been in this condition for 18 years. And he knew who put her there. Of course, there's no better day to cast out Satan than on the Sabbath. We can be sure the Lord sees us, knows us, sees our pain and knows our suffering. And we can be sure he has great plans for our healing, just as he did this woman. He goes on to talk about the kingdom of heaven and compares it to the grain of a mustard seed. While we know the size of a mustard seed is peculiarly small, and yet the tree grows up to be 20 feet tall. A man planted it in his own garden. It grew, became a tree, and the wild birds, that's you and me, find shelter. 
Jesus was asked if only a few people will be saved on Judgment Day. His answer was, strive to enter by the narrow door. Force yourselves through it. For many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. The Amplified Bible added, force yourselves through it. It takes intention and desire to force ourselves into God's plan for us. We can amble through life, but we won't find God's best for us unless we take action, unless we are obedient. So let's take some time and ask God what we need to do to be more obedient to him and follow him directly. Paul talks about buffeting his body like an athlete does to ensure he walks in the way of the Lord. Let us put on fortitude and determination to follow God no matter what the earthly cost. The heavenly treasure is far better. We see Jesus as a man of action and determination just a few verses down when the Pharisees told him that Harold was determined to kill him. Jesus was unmoved and as determined as ever to finish the course, he was tasked to run. Let's see what Paul is writing to the Corinthian church about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Well, it's love, the most important attribute we can have and display to others. He gives examples of noble spiritual gifts and things we do for others, but comes back to love as the most important thing we can offer. Enjoy verses 4 through 8, which tell us what love is. These are beautiful verses, often used in wedding ceremonies, but could and should be used in everyday life as well. Many of us have heard verse 11 and 12 or read these verses, which start out as, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Now that I have become a man, I am done with childish ways and have put them aside. I am reminded of one of Maya Angelou's quotes that says, do the best you can until you know better. And when you know better, do better. Yes, she certainly has some of this right. Paul goes on to write about the one day when we will know everything, but we don't yet. What we do know is that love is the greatest gift we can give to another and is the basis of the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Let's let God love be our guide. Let's see what the Lord commanded Moses to tell the Israelites in Leviticus chapter 23. God tells Moses about feasts they were to celebrate. The first item on the list is the Sabbath day, where God commanded rest on the seventh day. They were to celebrate the Passover, when the Lord passed over their homes during the last plague in Egypt. They had to put blood on their doorposts, and the angel of death passed over their home, but killed the firstborn of the Egyptians' homes. This they would celebrate, God's mercy to them and his wrath upon Egypt. They would celebrate their exodus from Egypt by God's hand. This was celebrated on the 14th day of the first month. The next day they celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days. The first and last day, they did no work. They made a sacrifice by fire for the full seven days. They ate no leavened bread for the full seven days. And this was to remember how they fled from Egypt with unleavened bread. During this week, the Israelites were to bring their first fruit of barley and sacrifice it to the Lord, reminding them the Lord provided for them and would continue to provide for them. The Lord gave very specific instructions about how to sacrifice to him. God also made provision for the poor when he told Moses how they should reap the harvest. They were to leave the corners of the land for the poor, and they were not to go back and glean or pick up the excess after they had reaped. The parts left over in the fields were for the poor. God shows his love for all people as he designed the care of the poor in his instructions about how to reap their harvest. Another day of rest was the first day of the seventh month, the close, close to our October 
in our years. They were to do no work on that day. This was known as the Festival of Trumpets. Today, it is called Rosh Hashanah, which is significant because it is celebrated as the Jewish New Year. The next day, God instructs Moses about the Day of Atonement. It was a day of fasting and a day of no work. God stresses no work because he said it four times. This was the holiest of days where the high priest offered sacrifice and performed rituals for the forgiveness of the sins of the people, restoring them to God's favor. This also occurred in the seventh month, the 10th day of the seventh month. And on the 15th day of the seventh month, there was a seven-day feast of the tabernacles or booths to the Lord. The first and eighth day were again Sabbath days. This was a celebration of the harvest and was celebrated in later times by people constructing four-sided huts or booths and living in them for the seven days to remind them of God's provision when he brought the Israelites out of bondage and provided for them. In chapter 24, the Lord instructed Moses to collect pure olive oil and light the golden lampstand. It was to burn continuously. Aaron was to keep the lamps in order on the golden lampstand from evening to morning. Then the Lord gave instructions about the 12 cakes to be baked, which was the showbread, one loaf for each tribe. And Aaron and his sons were to eat this in a sacred place. Next, a young man who was a son of an Israelite woman, whose father was an Egyptian, blasphemed the name of the Lord. He was brought to Moses, who was instructed by God to take him outside the camp and stone him. And this was done. The Lord gave Moses the rules about other types of wrongdoings. Verse 20 says, fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as he has caused blemish or disfigurement on a man, so shall it be done to him. Let us be careful to not take the name of the Lord in vain or hurt someone in a way we would not want to be hurt. This is God's plan. Moving on to Psalm 57, David had fled from Saul in the cave when he wrote this psalm. He writes about how merciful and gracious God had been. I love the last part of verse 1 that says, In the shadow of your wings will I take refuge and be confident until calamities and destructive storms are past. Yes, in the shadow of God's wings we can take refuge when we experience difficulties and trials. David is confident in the Lord, even though he is being constantly pursued by men who seek to kill him. He wrote, My life is among lions. But then he praises God. Twice he writes, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. David continues in his usual form in this psalm as he is distressed, but puts his faith in God. Let us pray. O Lord, thank you for being the God of mercy, grace, and glory. Thank you for showing us more of who you are today in your word. May we exalt your name and seek to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.